she was none of us. This isn't flashing. She was she pull that thing up. Yeah. But I want you to see how God guided Ruth to be an influence in Naomi's life. Ruth was a fairly new believer. She used her faith and obedience to transform this defeat into a picture. And God is concerned about the details of your life. You should give, and this should give us courage and joy as we seek to follow Him. See, when you seek Him, you will find that God was there all along. God was there with you, walking beside you, even in the moments where you didn't sense Him and you didn't know. Why? Because as we learned last week, God is in control. So last week we saw how he even worked through the genealogy of Boaz and Ruth. And there's all kinds of crazy things happening in that genealogy. And those people were not perfect. But through that genealogy came the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. You see, this gives us confidence that whatever we're going through, God is with us. And he is still sitting on the throne. We do not have to live in fear. He sees the whole story. He sees the beginning and the end. We're only seeing one small piece. But he sees the bigger picture. Why? Because God is in control. We do not have to live in fear. So Ruth reveals to us that God is in control. And Ruth also reveals to us God's plan to save the world. See, in the Old Testament, there were many prophecies. And there were many stories speaking of a Messiah that was to come. This story in Ruth brings us one step closer to seeing that Messiah appear on the scene. One step closer down the line of the family tree that would produce Jesus Christ the Messiah. One step closer to God's plan of salvation for the world. You see, the story opens with Ruth as an outsider. With Ruth as a stranger. With Ruth as a foreigner. But it ends with her becoming part of the chosen people of Israel because she married Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. He paid the price so that she could be redeemed. In order to do this, he had to be the nearest relative, he had to be willing to redeem her, and he had to have the ability to pay what was up, to pay the money that was due. Boaz was willing. He was the next in line after the first closest refused, and he had the means to purchase the land. And in that same way that Ruth and Naomi were redeemed, God has redeemed you and me. See, the price has already been paid for your salvation. Jesus was willing to pay the price. He was willing to offer himself as a sacrifice for your sin. And all you have to do is accept that salvation and accept the offer and be redeemed. Think of an organization by Samaritan's Purse that does this awesome ministry opportunity called Operation Christmas Child. Many of you may have heard of it before. For many churches, many people, many families, many individuals, take a shoebox and just fill it with things to be Christmas gifts that are sent all around the world. Now imagine one of those little children that would get that box. Maybe they're unfamiliar with, with this box, and they just think that the gift is the box. And they take it home. And they never look inside for its contents. But they see the box and they carry the box home and they think it's a beautiful wrapped box. But they never open it. They've been given to them. They never experience the full benefit of what's been given to them. 
And it works the same way with our salvation. We may have a gift, and God has given us each a gift in salvation. But we keep it in the box. But we never receive the full benefit. See, Ruth's, Ruth reveals that God is in control. It reveals God's plan of salvation for each one of us. And it also shows us what it means to go deeper in relationship with our Savior, with the Redeemer. Let's talk about that just for a moment. Going deeper in relationship. I want you to notice just for a moment, over the four chapters of Ruth, there's this progression. And there's this progression of relationship that we see in each chapter. When we look at chapter 1, we see that Ruth does not know Boaz exists. Chapter 1, she doesn't know anything about Boaz. And isn't that how most relationships get started? <laughs> Didn't even know they existed. In fact, Sarah thought I was a big dork when she first met me. Right? Didn't even know I existed. I was a big dork. I guess I had the last laugh. So learn to love a big dork. Because I am a big dork. But Ruth didn't know Boaz existed in her life. So that's where the relationship was. There was no knowledge. Chapter 2, we see that Ruth was a poor laborer in the fields of Boaz gives gifts to share kindness, to share his kindness. So now she knows of Boaz, and she's received his gifts. And we see in chapter 3, it's a turning point. This is where Ruth lays at the feet of Boaz and actually submits in relationship to Boaz. Submits to his plan for her life. Submits to his will. And in chapter 4, we see now a full relationship where Ruth has a full relationship with Boaz. Everything that Boaz owns now becomes hers. Everything that Boaz gives now becomes hers as well through marriage. And these are the different relationships that we have. When we think of our relationship with Jesus Christ, when we think of our relationship with God, we have these levels of relationship. Level one is when we don't know the gospel. We have no clue about the gospel. We don't really know God. Maybe we don't know if there is a God, or if we do, we don't know much about him. Or we think we know something about him, but we're not really sure. That's level one relationship. Level two relationship is when we receive his gifts. We receive God's gifts, and we're okay with little or no relationship. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts. Now I'm going to keep you out of the mind. Stay away. Thank you for the gift. By the way, when things go wrong, can you give me another gift? But I don't want relationships. Stay away. Almost like we can say, well, take the benefits, Lord. But well, you keep the change. I don't want to be changed. I just want the benefits. I just want what you're going to give to me. And then there's a level three relationship. When we finally cross the line and we submit our lives to Christ. When we give in, when we say what Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. And then there's a level four relationship. When we have a full relationship with Jesus Christ, and everything he has is ours. We inherit it. We become heirs to the throne, heirs to Christ. But here's the problem, church. Too many of God's people are content in living in level two Christianity. Too many of us are content to receive his gifts without submitting to his will, without giving ourselves to him. And we're not receiving the full benefits of everything that he has for us because we're keeping him at arm's length and only receiving the gift 
having no relationship there. We want God's gifts, but we want it, we don't want the deeper relationship. We're okay with just scraping by because we seek the gift more than the giver of the gifts. If we can only learn, church, to surrender to the level three and level four relationship, we would begin to see the tide turn as God begins to work in our lives, as God begins to change us individually. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. And this is kind of what we're talking about in my testimony. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, who loved me and gave himself for me. <laughs> oh, I skipped the verse. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21, I do not trace the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law can make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I want to share something with you this morning. It will not be easy to live a no turning back kind of thing. Nothing in the gospel says following Christ will be easy. But there are plenty of places in the in the gospel that tell us that we need to carry our cross. There are plenty of places in the gospel that tell us that we need to die to self. There are plenty of places in, in the scriptures that teach us that we need to crucify the flesh. Not literally, but the spiritual flesh in our lives. The first step of surrender is carrying the cross. You see, the old you who you used to be has been crucified with Christ and Christ lives in you. Ruth shows us the challenges and the progression of our relationship. And I want to challenge the church. I want to challenge us. I want to challenge each individual in this room to not be satisfied with a level two faith. My testimony, the lines have been repeated over and over again. If I'm not dead, then I'm not done. Some of you need to let that sink in. If I'm not dead, then I'm not done. God has a work for you to do right now, regardless of age or status, young or old, regardless of race or nationality. If you're not dead, you're not done. God has work to do in you, and God has work to do through you. Ruth also shows us that God is still in control, and he's still at work in our world. We talked about marriage. When we talked about how Jesus Christ, when you read the scripture in Revelation, you see it specifically. Jesus Christ is coming back, and he will return for a pure and spotless bride. That pure and spotless bride is the church of Jesus Christ. Is those that continue stand. Those that continue forward rather than turning back. He is looking to the harvest fields. Remember, where was Ruth found when Boaz first saw her? In the harvest fields. Doing the work. Christ is looking to the harvest fields and he's sending his workers in the fields for a final harvest. 
I'm not giving you dates. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying, according to Scripture, there will be a moment where Jesus Christ will return for his church. And we need to be ready. And every one of us need to find our place in the harvest and reach the lost around us. Remember, Ruth was busy in that, in, in that field when Boaz saw her. Those that are in relationship with level one are those that we need to continue to reach. Those that do not even know that there's a Christ. That do not even know that God loves them. That do not even know that they can find purpose in Christ. May not even know if God exists or not. It's up to us to share our testimony. It's up to us to share Christ's love with them. And as you're out in the fields, there's a couple of things that you see about Ruth. One of the things that I want to just point out is that Ruth, when she was out in the fields, wasn't grumbling. She wasn't grumbling and complaining about having to go to the fields and get her food and about her husband being dead, taking care of her mother-in-law, although that would be enough for many of you to grumble. She wasn't grumbling. I want you to see that your attitude influences how you walk into the fields. Your attitude influences the fruit that you get from the fields. The harvest that comes in. If you focus only on the bad things happening around you, you will become pessimistic and cynical. And you would not want to go into the fields. And you will not have a great harvest. But if you ask God what field he wants you to go into, and to faithfully serve him, and you do it, you will begin to see his grace, his love, his joy, his provision, his work in your life. As you take a step of faith, as you walk out into the field, as you have a good attitude, as you begin to see people through his eyes rather than your own. Ruth's commitment made a difference in her life. And in the lives of the people she loved, her attitude made a difference in how she went out into the field. And maybe even had a difference of how Boaz saw her. Because if she was grumpy, with a frown on her face, maybe Boaz wouldn't have found her quite as attractive. Ruth had no turning back kind of faith. And so can you. We bow our heads to pray this morning. Lord, I pray that each one of us would have a no turning back kind of faith. No matter what happens around us, Lord. No matter what the next crisis is. Help us, Lord, to be willing to surrender our will and say, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to surrender and go into a deeper relationship with you. And not to be satisfied with a level two relationship where we just want to receive your gifts, where we just want to call out to you in our time of need. We just want to call out to you when things go wrong. But Lord, we want to get to level three and level four of relationship, getting to know who you are, submitting our lives to you and inheriting everything that you have for us. Help us to live with our eyes toward the harvest and the work that needs to be done by your people. And help us to be the pure, spotless bride, your church, that you intended for us to be. And Lord, help us to be ready when you return. Help us to be ready when you return. 
this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're listening either here in this room or online. Maybe you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ, or maybe you have in the past, but you've walked away and you have turned back. Maybe it's time to reestablish that faith. Maybe it's time to reestablish that no turning back faith. Or maybe it's time to begin a new faith. Maybe this morning you're ready to cross the line. You're done living the way that you used to. You're done tripping through life. You're done just receiving the gift. Now you want to open it and receive its benefits. You're ready this morning to decide to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm going to share with you this morning that Jesus Christ can redeem your and help you to change and to live a life of purpose from this day moving forward. He has promised that you will forgive all of your sins, everything that you've done. All that you have to do is ask and receive him into your life to get a brand new start in life. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ or you need to renew your relationship, today is the day. I'm going to ask you to say this simple prayer with me to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Lord, I believe you died for my sins so that I can be redeemed, so that I can have a new beginning, so that I can have hope. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Today I give you my life. Make me new right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to encourage you if you said that prayer this morning and you're here, just pull out one of these cards and let us know that you gave your life to Jesus so that we can follow up with you. If you're online, maybe you can chat in the, in the chat box and tell us that you gave given your heart to Christ today. I also want to encourage you to take another step. There's an app that you can download in your app store called YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And in that app, you can look for different devotionals. And the one that you can look up is called First Step for New Believers. And it's a great place to start and grow in your faith. The next step that you need to take is to find a Bible-believing church. If you're watching from far away, find one that's close by. If you're near here, some days at 10 a.m., we'd love to see you be a part here at this church and help you continue to grow in your faith that you've just committed to this morning. We've got the congregation stand. As we leave this place, I want to encourage this and let this be a song of commitment as we leave today. Maybe you can sing and maybe you can't sing. But this morning we can make a joyful noise and make a commitment before Christ to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. So you can sing along with me. This is how we're going to close. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No, not go with me. I still will follow. Though none go with me.